Into Your Hand, A Look Back, Episode 1. archives of the Zaba School lessons, and I have found a cute little Bible study that is the Zaba School lesson from 1928. And this little lesson uh, that we'll go through together is the Sabbath School lesson for the third quarter of 1928. And it deals with Isaiah, which is what we're talking about this quarter. And the first lesson of our quarter is on Isaiah 1, mostly. And that's what this lesson is also about. Uh, so let's go through here. It says, uh, this is from July 14th, lesson two of the Sabbath school lesson from 1928. This is the rebellion of Israel and its results. God's call to repentance, July 14th, 1928. The scripture for this lesson is Isaiah 1, and we will be looking at Isaiah 1 if you'd like to turn there. The memory verse for uh, this lesson in 1928 is Isaiah 1, verse 18, which says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Uh, The lesson helps uh, in this lesson is Patriarchs and Prophets, pages 634 and 635. It also suggests we read Steps to Christ, page 26 to 33, page 40 and 41. It also recommends that we study and read uh, Prophets and Kings, pages 599, 600, 605, and 606. The lesson begins with an introduction. The first chapter of Isaiah is characteristic of the book. It is really a summary of all Isaiah's teachings. God has a controversy with his people. He calls heaven and earth to witness the awful fact that rebellion has sprung up in his family. God himself is the plaintiff. His people are the defendants. The charge is rebellion. The court scene presented is most solemn. What can the people say in defense? They have kept up the form of worship. They have brought their sacrifices. They have made many prayers. But all this has been done only as a matter of form. The Lord is provoked. He is weary of all these empty forms and hates them. But instead of pronouncing sentence upon the people, he says, come now and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. How anxious God's people should be to accept the offered pardon. The lesson begins with a question. Number one, what is God's complaint against his people? Isaiah 1, verse 2. 
it states, Hear, o heaven, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord hath spoken, I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The answer to the question must be the rebellion. This scene, uh, it says a note here in the lesson, this scene has been called the great arraignment. Surely it must be a serious situation when God himself makes the charge of rebellion against his people. Rebellion originated with Satan, and all rebellion against God is directly due to satanic influences. Patriarchs and Prophets, page 635. It says for us to see 1 Samuel 15, 23. Let's go there now. Uh, verse 23. Again, 1 Samuel 15, verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. That seems to be relevant to this issue of rebellion. It continues with question number two. What impressive illustration does God use to show how low Israel has fallen? And says, read verse three. This is Isaiah one, verse three. The ox knoweth his owner and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. So it is a very strong indication here that um, we don't know who we are as a people. And the example that the ox knows his owner, the cow knows his owner, and the donkey his master's barn and crib. But we don't know, the people of Israel does not know the Father in heaven. Very serious charge. Do we today know God as we should? The next question in the lesson, how does God speak of his people? What is said of the Holy One of Israel? This says, read verse four, Isaiah one, verse four. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. It has a note. What a fearful condition is here portrayed. In contrast with this, God is spoken of as the one, the Holy One of Israel, sorry. In vision, Isaiah has been seen the Holy One and has heard the seraphim sing, holy, holy, holy. That, impressive never, that impression never left him. God was to him, holy, holy, holy. 25 times this expression is used by Isaiah and in the Old Testament elsewhere only six times. Again, the question, what does God speak of his people? They are a people who are corruptors, evildoers, iniquity in verse four, uh, and have provoked anger in the Holy One of Israel. Question number four tells us to read verses five and six. The question states, how does God express the usefulness of further punishment? How completely had the body been afflicted because of their transgression. Verses five and six of Isaiah one. Why should ye be stricken any more? Yea, will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified, with ointment. This is a serious question here. He is really laying it on thick that the whole body is sick and we are all sick in sin. 
we need the Holy Spirit desperately and Christ desperately in our lives to repair the terrible state of sin that we are in. While Isaiah is stating this chapter to his people at his time, is it not relevant today in many cases? Question number five in the study from 1928 states, what had befallen their country? What would have taken place had there not been a very small remnant? It says to read verses seven to nine, Isaiah one, seven to nine. Your country is desolate, your cities are burned with fire, your land, strangers devour it in your presence, and it is desolate, as overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in a garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city, except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. We should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. This is a very serious charge we, these people do not realize how close to Sodom and Gomorrah they are and how close they are to destruction. The note states on question five, hearts that respond to the influence of the Holy Spirit are the channels through which God's blessings flow. Were those who serve God removed from the earth and his spirit withdrawn from among men, this world would be left to desolation and destruction. The fruit of Satan's dominion, Though the wicked know it not, they owe even the blessings of this life to the presence in the world of God's people whom they despise and oppress. The Desire of Ages, page 306. Here, Israel does not realize the state they are in. Maybe we don't realize the state that we are in. Are we close to Sodom and Gomorrah today? Where is that small remnant? Are we a part of that small remnant? Question six of our lesson. How does God now address the rulers, the people? To what should they give ear? Verse 10, Isaiah 1, verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, ye people of Gomorrah. He now is addressing these people who are supposed to be of God's family. They are supposed to be the remnant of Israel. And yet he's calling them the rulers and members and the people as Sodom and Gomorrah. How have they fallen? Are we as that fallen? We need to look carefully at what is happening in our hearts and our minds. Are we controlled by God? Do we have cherished sins? We need to be very careful that we are not rulers of Sodom or rulers of our own lives and our own lives being that of Sodom and Gomorrah. Question number seven in the lesson. By what questions does God try to cause them to consider the real purpose of sacrifices? How does he speak of their offerings? This is verse 11 and 12. Let's read Isaiah 1, verses 11 and 12. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? Saith the Lord, I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beast, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. When ye come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? These sacrifices and offerings of burnt offerings and lambs and, and rams and bullocks, they were to teach. They were not salvation in themselves. And so God is sick of them. He wants the heart changed. He wants the Holy Spirit in our hearts and our minds. He is not happy with these outward shows 
of devotion that do not represent an inward peace, an inward change in the heart. How does he speak of their offerings? He speaks of them as burdensome. He, he doesn't want them at all. And he's asking, who has told you to come before him in this way? We should come before the Lord with a contrite heart and a broken spirit. We should not come before him in ceremonies or in ritual. Question number eight in our lesson from 1928 states, what definite command does God give with reference to vain oblations? How is incense mentioned? New moons and Sabbaths, solemn meetings and appointed feast. This is verses 13 and 14. Verse 13 states, bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, this calling of assemblies, I cannot away with. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feast my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. Again, these are outward shows. These are meetings without a change in the heart. They have put significance into these meetings that they are not able to bear. The note states, no form or ceremonies can ever take the place of heart service. Without Christ, without true repentance, no act of any value is in God's sight. Even prayer may become an abomination. And it recommends we read Proverbs 28, verse 9. I will find that now and read it. Proverbs 28, verse 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. We need to know what we are to do to gain the repentance that we require. Let us pray and give our hearts to the Lord, diligently seeking him to change our characters and our intentions. May we have the heart of God living within us through the Holy Spirit. Question number nine in this lesson states, when the people spread forth their hands in prayer, what would God do? Why would not God hear their many prayers? This says to read verse 15. Isaiah 1 verse 15, And when ye spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when ye make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. He is not going to hear them because their prayers do not represent a change in the heart. The prayers are like praying to Santa Claus or something. It is inappropriate. We must pray for repentance and for a renewing of our hearts. Is God listening to our prayers is a very important question that we should ask ourselves. Is our hearts being changed and renewed by the Holy Spirit? The next question, number 10 in our study states, what does God exhort them to do? What were they to cease to do? And this says to read verse 16, Isaiah 1 verse 16, wash you, make you clean, Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Still, today, we are to cease to do evil. To do evil is to sin. And sin is the true problem in our world today, as it was in the days of Isaiah. We need to cease to do sin. And the only way to do that is through the help of the Holy Spirit and through God. May God touch us and renew us and bring us into righteousness. Question 11 states, what should they learn? What should be their attitude toward the oppressed, the fatherless, the widow? Verse 17, 
Learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Are we doing that? We need to learn by putting away sin that love fills our hearts from the Holy Spirit and that we do plead for the homeless and seek righteousness and help the fatherless and the widow and the oppressed, relieve them. This tells us, this question 11 tells us to read James 1 verse 27. I will turn there now. James 1 verse 27 states, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows and in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Are we doing that? Is our local church doing that? Are we involved with that? I will read it one more time. James 1 verse 27, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Let's read question number 12. What invitation does God extend? What happy condition follows the acceptance of this invitation? This is Isaiah 1 verse 18. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God is willing to solve the problem of sin in our lives and bring us to a situation where we are bringing God glory. It says here, for comment on this verse, see Steps to Christ, page 48 and page 50, 55. I recommend you read that. Question 13 in our lesson says, on what conditions does God promise his people the good of the land? Verse 19, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. I would like to uh, be willing and obedient whether or not God gives me the good of the land or not. But I believe that ultimately the good of the land will be in heaven, definitely. But on this earth, if I do not get the goodness of the land, that's fine. Let us bring God glory and may we be willing and obedient. Question 14 in our lesson. What attitude in the part of the people will lead to their destruction? How sure is this? Verse 20 says, but if ye refuse and rebel, verse 20, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The word of the Lord has spoken devouring sword. We should not refuse and rebel against our Savior, who is trying to cure the problem of sin in this world. No amount of education will bring us into alignment with the goals and ideals of the Lord. Only a change in the heart May we pray diligently, daily, for that change. On question 14, we have a note. Here are the promises, plain and definite, rich and full, but they are all upon conditions. If you comply with the conditions, can you not trust the Lord to fulfill his word? Let these blessed promises set in the framework of faith be placed in memory's halls. Not one of them will fail. All that God hath spoken, he will do. He is faithful that promised. Testimonies, volume 5, page 630. Question 15. What change has taken place in the city? How are the princes or chief men spoken of? This says to read verses 21 to 23. How is the faithful city become a harlot? It was full of judgment, righteousness lodged in it, but now murderers. Thy silver is become dross, thy wine mixed with water. 
Thy princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Everyone loveth gifts and followeth after rewards. They judge not the fatherless, neither doth the cause of the widow come unto them. They are not doing what they should be doing clearly in glorifying the Lord and helping the fatherless and the widows and pleading for the, those who have been treated unjustly. Jerusalem had been set up in righteousness, took the people of Israel into Canaan. They were righteous for two generations until they began to backslide, that they had righteousness lodged in it and that it was full of judgment originally. But now it has fallen into a terrible state, a state close to Sodom and Gomorrah. There's a note on question 15. It states, the city here spoken of is Jerusalem. It had been full of judgment and righteousness had lodged in it, but now all was changed. The chief men had become companions of thieves. Justice was not to be had. How like conditions in the world today. Let us contemplate this truth. Question 16. What will God do to his adversaries? What will he do for his own people? This is verses 24, 25, and 26 of Isaiah 1. Therefore saith the Lord, the Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, ah, I will ease me of my adversaries and avenge me of mine enemies. I will turn my hand upon thee and purely purge away thy dross and take away all thy tin. And I will restore thy judges as at the first and thy counselors as at the beginning. Afterward, thou shalt be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. God has a promise to remove sin from our lives, not only in the nation of Israel, but also in our lives personally. He will bring a counselor as the Holy Spirit to counsel us. And we can be a body of righteousness and be in the kingdom of heaven today. Question 17, how shall Zion be redeemed? Verse 27, it says Zion, uh, Isaiah 1 verse 27 says, Zion shall be redeemed with judgment and her converts with righteousness. Praise the Lord for that. The note states on question 17, a very little remnant will be redeemed. Her converts literally means those in her who turn. Some will turn and they will be redeemed with judgment and with righteousness. The last question on this study, what will happen to transgressors and sinners? Verses 28 to 31, it, the Bible states, and the destruction of the transgressors and of the sinners shall be together, and they that forsake the Lord will be consumed. For they shall be ashamed of the oaks which ye have desired, and shall be confounded for the gardens that ye have chosen. For ye shall be an oak whose leaf fadeth, and as a garden that hath no water. And the strong shall be as tow, and the maker of it as a spark, and they shall go both burn together, and none shall quench them, fleeing and abandoning the Holy Spirit and running from God to sins, brings destruction to our families, brings destruction in the world, brings us sadness and tears. For a world full of peace and joy, we need to seek our Savior, Jesus Christ, every day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Isaiah. Thank you for this message. Lord, today, may we not be Sodom and Gomorrah, but may we be close to you. May we be a remnant 
cleanse us of our sins. May we seek you daily in Jesus' name, amen.